0: This Irishman stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Dunn. First off, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who downloaded the podcast last week, who tuned in, and for all your wonderful comments. I really do my best to engage with everyone um, where I possibly can. Uh, I've always felt that if you take the time out to send me a tweet or a message or leave a nice comment, I always try and reply, even if it's just something simple like thank you and God bless Um, I truly believe manners are a big thing and I will continue doing that as much as possible if I missed you I sincerely apologise but I do genuinely take the time out um, to reply to almost everything that I get Uh, I am on Twitter at Freedom Disciple I would love for you to to tweet me tell me where I'm wrong share your love with America Um, that was one of my challenges last week when I left the show tell people why you love America Um, Tell everyone you know why America is exceptional. Um, That goes including me. Um, I love your country. I love your people. I love your history. And I'm going to do everything in my power to testify to your greatness at every opportunity I get going forward. I want to start today. Today is going to be a very political (coughs) show because you have a lot of problems, America. And I feel a duty to point them out from my point of view and to explain how I see the world and to try and help you get over some of the the small issues that are small but they have a bigger principle attached behind them. I want to start today's show by asking you a question and I would ask you to, to maybe think about this and just analyse how you deal with people how you respond, how you communicate with your friends, your family on social media and that question is what business are you in are you in the conversion business or are you in the messaging business now let me just explain how I see what those two words mean just from my point of view just so you can ask yourself the question today I see so many people who want to convert you with the 2016 election let me give you an example Donald Trump he's brilliant He's, he'll make a great president. We have to support him. But you have to support him. There's no other candidate. You have to get out there. Donald Trump is the man. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Or Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz. My God, look what he's done in the Senate. And the whole aim is to convert you to their point of view. There is no gray area or you can't be an undecided. It's, you have to convert to my opinion. Or are you in the messaging business? Which I firmly believe I want to be in. I'm just going to talk to you about what I believe. Tell you why I believe it. Back it up with substance. With facts. With history. And then let you decide if I'm right or wrong. I see a growing number. Not in the messaging business anymore. But in the conversion business. Both in politics but also on principles. And I think that's a very troubling point of view. It's a troubling point of view for two reasons the way I see it. And the reason I'm not in the conversion business. Is because imagine I was, had power to convert someone to every opinion. On every issue I hold. Regardless of how big or small. If I had that power. The truth about it with me. Is that I'm not the most intelligent person out there. I don't have degrees or PhDs. I'm not the best communicator. And if I convert you to my opinion... There's a chance you might walk down the road... Meet a communist. And if I can convert you... There's a chance they'll convert you. And then how do we win? Is the aim to have people like moles... Where... John gets you one day and you're a conservative or a freedom-loving guy or girl and then if Barack Obama gets you you're a I better choose my word carefully here a socialist uh, utopian statist and then if someone else gets you the next day you're a moderate Republican and if John McCain gets you the day after you're a narky sarky war hero is that what we want or do we want to have an opportunity to message, and actually de- deep down delve into the issues and have a debate. The second reason I don't like conversions is very simple. is because if you have a set of people who believe a certain way, the chances are you'll be pitted against someone else. And then you seek to dehumanize that individual Because, well, I believe the world goes this way, and I'm right, and you believe the opposite, so you must be wrong. Where's the coexisting there? Where's the not having a winner and loser? Can we stop fighting over little things, and just start seeing people as human beings? And then the other reason I'm against it, or not against it, but that I'm not one of them, Is because human nature and everything that humans have done with God's help has been against the grain. Let me give you some examples. When Christopher Columbus went to your nation, around that time everyone thought the world was flat. If everyone agreed with that, there was no challenging it. If you had everyone thinking that, hey, you know what, the horse and carriage is the greatest way to travel, you wouldn't have cars. If you did, if you thought cars are the greatest way to travel and boats, you wouldn't have planes. We need people not to think the same, but to think outside the box. If everyone thought within the box, you know what, people would still be writing letters and... I'm trying to just keep it relevant in the last fifty years. We wouldn't have internet, we wouldn't have email. So thinking outside the box is good once it's done with a certain amount of principle behind it. So I personally will always try and be in the messaging business. I don't want to convert you. Because the chances are I there I know I'm wrong about some stuff. I don't know what, but I'm sure I am. I'm not perfect. I'm a flawed person. I'm a sinner. And if you agree with me 100% of the time... ...then we're going to both be wrong. That's why I'm different. I, I, I've been told off the air by many people... ...why do you go on the air... ...because I've been on a radio show as well... ...The Intersection. And I would always say... you know, ...if I'm wrong, tweet me and tell me. And people ask me, why do I do that? Because I want to learn. Because every interaction I have... ...I don't see it as... ...I'm going to convert you to my way of thinking. When I have an interaction... I get two outcomes. One is I walk away from that discussion going, yeah, you know what, I'm right. I, 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 it's reinforced in my mind the way I see the world that I'm right. Or I find out I'm wrong or that I don't have enough information. And then I write it down in my journal and then I go research it, research different angles. Or sadly, the third option is today it ends up in an insulting. And, oh, you're, a, you're a, a bigot, a hater and a homophobe and all the other words I get called on a daily basis. But the only way, to ant- two options for me are as you, you find out more you're right and you get the confidence from it or you find out you're wrong and you go do your homework. Now, the f- reason I opened up the show with that today is because I see a lot of conversion out there or people trying to convert. And a lot of it's to do with the 2016 election, as I said. People, I want you to follow my candidate. I want you to be a... Ted Cruz supporter, Donald Trump supporter, a Rand Paul supporter, Ben Carson supporter, wherever who your candidate is. And I think the more people try and convert people, they're missing a great opportunity. You're missing an opportunity to talk about principles. You're missing an opportunity to build up a relationship. And you're missing an opportunity to promote American greatness, American exceptionalism, and American history. I spoke last week about the way I see the world and the political spectrum, and it's not the way people see it, left versus right, Democrat versus uh, Republican, conservative versus liberal. I see it very much utopian statists versus freedom-loving people versus anarchists. And the biggest group... Is the people who say government does have a role, but you know, let's let's discuss it. And sometimes they don't have a role, depending on the issue. But it's never the promotion of government nor anarchy. And the troubling part of this is, is so many conservatives today are starting to show signs of the statist mindset. And what I mean by that is when you are a utopian statist you seek to empower government and you seek to dehumanize the individual you seek to tell the individual you can't make a difference you need us in power you need so and so in the White House you need him as president or her as president you need this party to have control of Congress I reject that thinking The greatest changes will happen by the people, not politicians. I know a lot of people don't agree with me when I say this, and that's fine. But I don't think there is a political solution to your problems, America. I really don't. But that's negative, John. That's not what you said last week. I would say at every opportunity I get, there is not one problem facing America today that your American people can't fix but it's your American people that will fix them not your politicians so today I'm challenging you to take off your political glasses just be yourself not your Republican party hat or your conservative hat or if you support a certain candidate for president hat because here's the truth if you get a candidate. Let's say, let's just take for argument's sake, Ted Cruz is your candidate. Ted Cruz is my guy, okay? If Ted Cruz is in the White House, America's problems aren't solved. We need to stop looking at things, especially victory and winning, through political glasses. That when the Republican Party have the won the Congress in twenty fourteen, the the Senate, sorry. That was a win. Or if Ted Cruz is your guy. And in 2016 he wins. That's a win. That's not a win. A win is empowering the people. A win is more freedoms going back to the states. And onto the people. That's a win. A win is a principle of defunding Planned Parenthood. And I'll talk about that later on in the show. That's a win. Getting a certain party into power or a pres- as president, that's not a win. Likewise, a certain candidate losing or a party losing, that's not a loss. A loss would be gun control passing. And I see Amy Schumer is out there again talking about after this theatre shooting, yeah, we need more gun control. That is a loss. We need to take the political glasses off. And stop looking at winning and losing through political politics and start looking at them from freedom, from the individual's perspective. And I'm going to talk to you about history and why I have come to this opinion. i got to take a quick break, America. I hope you'll stay with me. I'll be right back.
0: Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. miss the morning blaze with doc and skip so uh,
1: recently the transportation security administration had their secret screening checklist leaked they're responsible for security it's right in their name and yet they had their secret checklist of what would call you out or single you out for additional screening it's a secret checklist that got leaked they're doing it wrong I, they really are. You're telling me you are secure. You're responsible for script. And you can't even secure yourself?
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Thank you so much for staying with me, America. So, we need to win. But what wins is a vitally important question. I don't see winning anymore as politics, as a certain person winning or a certain party winning. I see winning coming from changing hearts, from changing minds, and spreading the message of freedom love hope and charity but that's my definition of winning other people's might be different the reason i don't see a political solution is because of your history so i'm going to let's go through some recent history and i'm not talking that long ago i'm going to start 6 years ago And some will go back 20 years. So we're not talking a long time ago. America had a disaster in 2008. You elected Barack Obama. And you elected a democratic house and senate. You can talk about the reasons why. But the simple truth is. The message of freedom. Wasn't articulated once. And if it was, it was sparingly. The messages of empowering the individual weren't mentioned. It was a battle between Barack Obama, who is a utopian statist, and John McCain, who is equally a utopian statist. They both see government as the solution. And what happened? Well, you lived this. It was a nightmare. To this day, it is a nightmare for many Which is very troubling. So America needed change. And of course the Republicans came in. With their conversion tactics. You need to let us elect us. We'll stand up for you. Give us the house. Give us the power. Let's replace Pelosi as Speaker. Let's put Boehner in. And all will be well with the world we'll repeal Obamacare so Americans went to the polls voted and you got a new speaker under your constitution the house is arguably the most important because it has the power of the purse or it used to so giving the Republicans the house you could have expected some change you might have expected a tax cut You might have expected more economic freedom. You might have expected them to do what they said and repeal Obamacare. They didn't. They're a failure. And the only reason John Boehner is still Speaker today, it's because the other side are so dreadful. John Boehner is not Speaker today because of anything he has done. It's in spite of everything he has done. He is a nightmare and by the way if you live in Ohio Ace a buddy of mine is running against him in a primary he, this is not a paid commercial or anything JD winterig he's a personal friend of mine I, I sincerely beg you to uh, check him out because Boehner is a disaster but you got the house in 2010 and nothing changed you still ran up big deficits you still spent more than you took in ...and you spent records amount. And 2012 came along. And the great white hope Mitt Romney came along. Who didn't stand for anything. The only thing I could ever seem to get consensus off... ...speaking to Americans is... ...well Johnny's a nice guy. He's a family man. That's great and all... ...but how does that affect you been president? When pe- all people can say about you... ...is you're a nice guy and you're a family man... ...you're not fit for politics. Because I don't care about that it does play a role it goes to your personality but I'd much rather people talk to me about principles what's he going to do and simply put Americans didn't buy it and you got Barack Obama yet again I said many times before the election you know I'd fancy a, a tin of empty orange juice against Barack Obama and yet Mitt Romney still lost go figure so you got Barack Obama for another four years and the Republicans weren't done converting they just said look the problem is it's Harry Reid it's the Senate Democrats they've had control since 2006 it's far too long just elect us we'll fight it we'll repeal Obamacare we won't we'll repeal and replace it but don't tell anybody that we'll return power we'll we'll protect the border we'll stand up to amnesty so yet again Americans went to the polls Americans voted and surprise surprise Republicans got the Senate and what has changed well so far absolutely nothing the more the plans change the more the planners plan It's all about utopian statists, Because they didn't secure the border. They haven't reduced spending. They haven't even given a tax cut. They can't even pass a bill to defund Planned Parenthood. Albert Einstein once said, The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results so in 2016 people are going to start saying we just need Jeb Bush the problem was we didn't have the presidency John see we had the house and the senate and that's great but we just needed the White House the thing about utopian statists they tend to always talk about the future it's always about the next election the reason for this well there are many but the biggest one is because a utopian statist Can never run on the record. Because the job is never done. The job of getting power to government. And taking freedoms from people. Voluntary or by force. Is never over. So let me be perfectly clear. And say this as clearly as I know how. America has never been great. Because a certain person is in the White House. America has never been great because a ruling party has been Republican, Democrat or anything else. America is great because of you, the American people. But let me take one step further, because that's history. I'd ask you very quickly, close your eyes. And it's Friday, the 20th of January, 2017. Now, that will be a day to celebrate because Barack Obama will no longer be president of your awesome nation. That is a day to celebrate. But looking forward, picture your candidate in the White House. If your candidate's Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Hillary Clinton, if you're listening to this show, I don't know why. But picture your candidate. They're taking the oath to defend your awesome nation. To follow the constitution. Whatever's left of it. Are America's problems solved? If you listen to people today when you say. We get our guy in the White House. Our girl. It's as if that's all that it takes. That they're in. Everything's sorted. Is it? Because the way I see the world it isn't. Because well, you know John Congress has a role to play Okay, fair enough If you're a conservative and you have your conservative candidate in the White House and you have a lot of conservative rules and you've got a conservative speaker and a conservative whip and a conservative majority leader and you own the, the House and the Senate, is America's problem solved then? Ask yourself that question I believe they're not. They're nowhere close to getting started. And let me give you some recent history. Ronald Reagan, the conservative icon, easily your greatest president in the last 50 years. Look what happened to him when he tried to stand up to the Department of Education. His own party stopped him. Look what happened to him when he tried to strip the power from government. His own party stopped him. I love these Republicans today who go around going, when they talk about Reagan, they go, oh, Reagan and Tip O'Neill, they had some fights. Yeah, they did. But you know who else have had some fights? And some were very dirty. Ronald Reagan and the establishment Republicans. Now there's a fight. But let's go one step further. Because the one thing you have to realise is let's just say, for example, you think that having a Conservative in the White House and a Conservative Majority Leader and Speaker and a Conservative House and Senate fixes everything. Let me point you to recent history. First of all, you have to remember one thing. That that President and that greatness that you have and America's problems have been fixed has a time span. It might be four years, or if you get lucky, it's eight years. And Reagan's eight years, well, what was that followed by? Reagan's conservatism, Reagan Democrats, were replaced by George Bush's compassionate conservatism. You had eight years, which was a respite, and it was replaced immediately by the Republican George Bush Compassionate conservatism, more spending, more government. So anything you achieve is gone automatically. Look across the pond to the history of another great leader, Margaret Thatcher. Look at all she did for Britain. Look at what she stood for. She helped win the Cold War. Played a vital part in it. She had her own battles at home and abroad. And she overcame pretty much every one of them. And how was she treated? Well, she was turfed out by John Major. Because eventually, compassion overrides. You know, freedom is a grace in theory. But you know, if I can start giving freebies away, I have an easy life. It's easy to give things away for free rather than stand for things. Those are two examples of how you shouldn't get comfortable with a certain candidate in the White House or a certain party ruling. Because eventually, if you only look at winning through political glasses, it changes. You need to stand up and start looking at winning through freedoms. But let's just go one step further because the problems don't stop there let's say you could guarantee that you'll always have a conservative president and you'll always have conservative government house and senate are all the problems solved then or does america's problems run deeper they run deeper and i'll just focus on two quick things before we take another break but look at the regulations and the government bodies. Imagine, take any department you want that you don't like. HUD, the IRS, Department of Education, the Department of Energy. If you started stripping powers from them, the EPA, how do you think they'd respond? Could you imagine the pressure of you're taking jobs from people, you're putting people on the breadline those evil Republicans do you think that would go down well with the average person if you just look at things through political glasses if you're just looking at let's just promote the Republicans and a certain candidate and you're not talking about freedoms are you in a place to stop those regulations President Obama was out last week talking about these new climate change bills if you just defunded them do you have enough of a groundswell to support that freedom or would the utopian statists win because regulations are a huge part and that brings me to the last cookie the supreme court nine men and women wearing black fancy robes with the power to legislate and that's what they have Obamacare proved it. It is a tax. It isn't a tax. It is a tax. It isn't a tax. It is a tax. That's your Supreme Court. Your Supreme Court is a huge problem and been very blunt about it. It isn't a recent problem. Your Supreme Court problems go back to Marbury versus Madison. There isn't a case in this land that your Supreme Court can't rule on. They can now make legislation. What do you do to fix that? Look at the battle that happened earlier on this year. This is another regulatory body. Sorry, I forgot it. The FCC and net neutrality. No one talks about it anymore. It passed. We still don't know what's in it. So if we keep looking at this through the eyes of politics, we're going to lose i got to take another quick break, America. I hope you'll stick with me because I want to delve into some big issues. I'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Rand Paul candidacy might be able to appeal more so than any Republican nominee to African Americans, Hispanics, but especially the young people, the people coming of age. They are fundamentally leave me aloneers. Leave me alone. You know what I want for government? Leave me alone. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn On Demand.
1: Thanks for staying with me, America. As we were discussing before the break, you have a lot of problems that I believe politicians can't fix. But before I get to the solution... I want to address several things I'm seeing that I find very troubling. I'm seeing a lot of arguments out there in the mainstream media, and people seem to be paying attention to them. And I find them shocking. So I'm going to just do these quickly because there's so many of them. First of all, there's too many candidates. There's too many people running, and I've heard people saying if... If you're out there and you're thinking about running for president, please don't. There's too many. I find that troubling. I believe in more voices. And I still have a lot of confidence in your people to choose wisely. The case for me isn't that there's too many candidates right now. The The problem for me is there's too many crap, utopian status candidates right now who all are the same deep down. They all have an agenda to promote government, to increase their own power, and effectively to rule over everybody. So if you're out there and you're a candidate and you're thinking of running, and you actually believe in freedom and you think you can make a difference, and you've been told to by God or whatever way you think or believe in, I say run. There is never a bad time for a truly great candidate to win. But what I would say to this is to the Conservatives, to the freedom-loving people, I would strongly recommend that you all meet behind the scenes and make a pledge together. That you're not going to attack each other. That you're going to talk about principles. That you're going to talk about empowering the American people. That you're going to have an honest, good debate About the tax code, about regulations, about the Supreme Court, about America going forward and how to make it great again. And only attack the utopian statists, the progressives as you call them. And attack them and their record. And that is how you get a very good candidate. So Donald Trump is running... And he's getting attacked by left, right and centre. Now, full disclosure, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. Never have been, never will be. He was good in The Apprentice. Don't know much else about him. But I know some of his policies and his principles. And I could not agree with them any less. They are horrible. But I will give him credit for one thing. Because I will always... Give credit where credit is due. Even if I don't like you, if you're right, you're right. The one thing I do find about him very refreshing is his I-don't-care attitude. You don't like me, I don't care. I'm going to tell you how I see it. I think that's refreshing, and I, I think other candidates could do well in tapping into that. You know, This PC, controls, spin testing, uh, poll-tested words needs to stop. Americans by their support of Trump, are telling me one thing. They want something real. And whether it's right or wrong, and that's your opinion, they see it in Donald Trump. He's real. You don't like him, he doesn't care. He's brash, he's rude, he's arrogant. But that's the guy, and people see, well, that's who he is. And they like it, and they're responding to it. So be real. Don't be poll-tested or moulded to look a certain way. The most... Funny attack, and I think John McCain said this, and I think other people did as well. Firstly, he was, he needs to stop running, he needs to pull out a race. The one thing I wish Americans would do more, is I wish you'd actually th- look at behind the scenes and say, has this person who's saying these statements got an agenda? Because, I, you know, imagine you're running for a job, right, and there's ten people running... And someone else who's running for the same job you are is saying you sh- he should not He should be disqualified. He can't do that. Would you listen to them or would you go, look, let the person who's giving the job out of the side. You know, let's run and let's run a good race and let's see who wins and let the best man win. But it's funny how people go, well, you know, did you hear John McCain, John McCain? Or no, John McCain didn't say that. He uh, Was it Rick Perry? Rick Perry said he should not run. Rick Perry's running for president and people are taking what Rick Perry said seriously? Dude, you're running for the same job. You have an agenda. You can't really say who should and shouldn't pull out of the race. But my favourite was, and this is why I said John McCain, John McCain said, quote, he has embarrassed the Republican Party. Well, my God. If Donald Trump comments on illegal immigration have embarrassed the Republican Party, I suppose it's good that they stand for something. But John McCain, please shut the hell up. You have been part of government far too long. Do you know what I would think if I was a Republican? And I was asked what would be I what was what am I embarrassed about? There's a long list, but let me give you some of them. Oh I don't know. Not defunding Planned Parenthood Oh hey, how about not securing the border? Oh, but the Republicans are always for the vets, right? Yeah, how about not fixing the VA scandal? I know it's not in the news anymore, but it's not fixed. That's an embarrassment. You know what else is embarrassing? Your debt. All these people going around, I'm Republican, I'm Conservative, I'm for limited government. They all sound great. But yet, look at, you shall know them by their fruits. Look at the state of government. It's big, it's fat, it's bloated and you are spending like drunken liberals, to quote one of my favourite talk shows, Mark Levin. Those are some things I'd be embarrassed about. Not what someone said. There are things the Republican Party should be embarrassed about. Their fight over Obamacare. That's an embarrassment you got elected six five years ago on repealing Obamacare, and you've done nothing. And now it's, well, we're not going to repeal, we're, we're going to repeal and replace. The ambition of repealing Obamacare has gone. That's what I'd be embarrassed about, among other many, many things. You're a joke, the Republican Party. You are a joke. And you, America deserves better, and the only reason you've held power so long is because the Democrats are even worse. I don't know how, but that's the truth. The next two I hear I think Scott Walker said this, and I'm sure other people have you know the next president you know he should be a governor, you know you need you need a uh, governor's experience, you know you just can't come from the Senate you, you don't really have the legislation experience that you need you need to be a governor. Again, look at the agenda these people have. You're running. Why would you? Who are you to say what experience you need? The other one I see, and it always gets so much attention on social media. I'm going to tag the governor wanted something else. If you want the next president to be a vet like this, and all they always do well, I find both of these troubling because it reminds me so much of the Irish Revolution the irish revolution of we want home rule we don't care whether it's he's a freedom loving guy or a tyrant once he's irish we're okay it's not about the principles that the that your ruler will have it's about you know what where he was born this case it's you know what what job did you hold before you know were you a governor well then you can be president let me remind you one of your worst presidents your worst president before barack obama was a governor? Jimmy Carter. To the military one, do you think John McCain would have been a good president? There's a vet there's a war hero. And yes, he is a hero. There's no question about that. Are these the criteria that the some on the right want? If these are the criteria, let me be quite frank. If your criteria and you believe in these, well he has to be a governor, or she has to be a governor, or you know they have to have served. How are you any different from the left going, well we need the first woman president. You're only talking about something people can and can't control. Over principle. I find that so troubling and so upsetting. Now if you're governor and you're a great governor, and you've achieved stuff and, and you've stood, absolutely you should. Be president. If you've stood for principle. If you've been a vet. Absolutely. If you stand for principles. I'll, I'll support you. I, lo- I love your armed services. You are heroes in my eyes. You don't get the respect you deserve. But just because you served. Doesn't mean you know more about freedom. Than another person who didn't. The other thing while I'm speaking about agenda. I really wish, and I'm going to go on to, I'm going to attack or talk about the news network that most conservatives like, Fox News. People on Fox News should come with a warning sign. And I'm not the first person to say this. But Karl Rove is on there as a pundit. Karl Rove is about as independent, speaking about the Republican Party, as Barack Obama is. They both have an agenda. They both want to empower their own people. Karl Rove is not independent. Karl Rove is an attack artist. And an attack spokesperson for people he doesn't like. If it goes against the agenda of the people he represents. And I really wish every time he speaks on Fox News. I wish he wouldn't speak at all. But that's a different story. That's Fox's decision. And the decision of people who obviously watch him. And respect him and like him. But you really should come at a warning sign to say I have an agenda, I'm backing Jeb Bush it's it's not you know, it's not something he should be embarrassed about, it's what he's done his whole life I backed the Bush family and this leads me to the most troubling one of all that I've heard in this 2016 election and I've heard it in 2012, 2014 2010, I've heard it since I started following your politics around 2000 they can't win I like Ted Cruz, but he just can't win. I like Ben Carson, but he just can't win. Or he, can, he won't be Hillary. It troubles me so much. It pains me. Because I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think should drive culture and society? Should it be politics or should it be principles? And what do you think is driving society today? My answer is, I think principles should drive society. But I'm sad to say, politics are driving it. And what always amazes me is how so many people seem to think, I heard so and so on Fox News say they can't win. They take someone else's opinion and then they use it as fact. Ted Cruz, they can't win. If enough people say Ted Cruz can't win, it's just like a fact. It's like, you know, no matter how much Ted Cruz says, does, or how he acts, it's a foregone conclusion. It's as if, you know, the American people have spoken because five, six, seven, eight people who happen to have a big audience said so. What I would say to you is if you back any candidate, and I'll say this because even though I don't like him, if you back Donald Trump, Talk about principles, but don't let anyone say he they can't win or you don't poll well against Hillary. Stand for principles. Make America great again. I still believe your best days are ahead of you. But you have to do things the right way. You have to stand for principles. Your Declaration of Independence was so clear. God-given, unalienable rights, and among those, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Do you think they poll-tested those words? Do you think George Washington and all the founders were sitting around going, "Hmm, should we put life in there?" Hold on, let's get Carl Rove and Frank Luntz on the phone and say, "You know, could you poll-test how life sounds? You know, do people are people favorable at that? You know, let's 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 go to town to town. Or how about liberty?" Should we put liberty in there and the pursuit of happiness? You know, how does that poll test? Or is that popular today? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves. It's not about poll tested words or what's popular, it's about principles. And again, I'm going to keep saying it, but let's look at history. The last president, person you had run for president who had principles. Whether you like him or not, won forty-nine states. Show me the moderate, squishy, weak, spineless, yellow—I'm trying to think of more words—Republican who stands for absolutely nothing. Your Mitt Romneys, your John McCain's, who won forty-nine states. And by the way, the only reason he Ronald Reagan didn't win fifty states. Is because he lost, the state his opponent lived in, and he only lost by a couple of thousand votes. That is what principles can do. I say to you today. To look at politicians and ask yourself one question, and it's my favorite reading from scripture, because it it, uh, it makes me think. And it's the John's Gospel, first chapter. John was a man sent by God, but he wasn't the light. He was to testify to the light. Ask yourself. Look at all these candidates today, and ask yourself the same question: Do they claim to be the light, or are they merely testifying to the light? Because what makes America great is because your American people are good. I gotta take one more quick break, America. I'll be right back. I hope you'll stick with me.
0: This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. Somebody's life is going to be at least temporarily, if not permanently, ruined because a bunch of politicians want to seem like they're tough on crime by creating not just a gun-free zone, a water-gun-free zone.
1: These sorts of idiotic laws hurt people. And they also compound other idiotic laws such that we are living within the tyranny of endless stupid laws. Buck
0: Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Thanks for sticking with me, America. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. I'd love to hear from you where you think I'm right, where you think I'm wrong, and let's have a discussion. I'm on Twitter the most. It's at Disciple. Um, Let's have a debate, let's have a discussion, uh, let's get America working again and let's get America fixed. I tried my best to lay out as succinctly and as quickly as possible the reasons why I don't think you have a political solution to the problems that you face today. Now I'm going to try my best in the last segment of about 12-13 minutes of what the solutions are, what the answers are but before i do i want to highlight a problem and it's you're going to start hearing this i would imagine in the next couple of months where people are start going to say the following the problem here with us is this process to nominate a president it's too long there are too many debates There's too many problems that the Liberals will find out stuff about the Republican and then use it in the general election. We need a nice, quick, easy election. Or it costs too much money. You had it in 2012. You had it a bit in 2008. I think you're going to have it very early in 2016. Because I think there are so many good, solid candidates that the establishments are are starting to freak out, especially with Donald Trump. And I think you're going to hear this very early on. I wouldn't be surprised if you even hear it before Iowa. The problem that America has is that this thinking highlights the political problem. If you're talking about American exceptionalism and principles and taking issue by issue, breaking it down, and giving a principled answer, is that too much to ask? Would Americans get tired of hearing that? Would Americans get tired of being involved in a debate about that? The process isn't too long. The process is too long for weak utopian statists who have to hide their agenda, who only want you to focus on the future, not on the past. But if you have a solid track record of being principled, of standing up for people, of standing up to the establishment. The process could go on forever and you should write it out because your record is sound. This process isn't too long. It could be actually longer. Because you want to weed out the weak candidates. If you can't survive a primary in your own party, then what makes you think you're suitable to go up against a person who will destroy you for the presidency in the other party? this is the problem that we have. So what is the answer? The answer, quite simply, firstly, is God. We need to work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on God. But we need to get into the culture. And when I say culture, I don't mean I know Glenn Beck is doing some fantastic stuff. I'm a huge fan and I I can't wait to see what he has with regards to movies and, and future TV shows. But when I say culture, I mean getting into the ground game and having discussions and empowering and educating your fellow citizens. Because here's the simple truth. You take an issue that should be, to most conservatives, a slam dunk. These recent videos, which are horrific, of Planned Parenthood selling baby parts. Can you imagine an issue for conservatives who are supposed to believe in the Declaration of Independence? And the reason I picked this issue is because it's your founding father's first right, life. Can you imagine if conservatives were educated, empowered, and truly believed they could make a difference? Would Planned Parenthood still be funded? The reason the Republicans haven't done a whole lot on this issue is because there's not a big groundswell for it. Sure, people are pro-life, but they, they seek to fix things through political processes. We need to scrap that. We need to educate our fellow citizen and tell them the truth of what's going on. We need to educate them of your history, of what you have achieved, that there is no limit to what you can do. You can change the world, but we need to educate them on principles. And here's the first thing I think we need to do, because I see this, I I think education is incredibly important of all levels. But education isn't just what you do in school education is everywhere it's with yourself it's with your parents it's in your community it's in your church education is everywhere we need to educate people but the biggest deficit we have in education on all levels today is we don't teach people how to think and going back to where we started the show today we all want people to think the way we want to think I see I have many debates of people publicly and privately about education and for kids. And they go, the problem we have is the Constitution isn't read and the Pledge of Allegiance and, uh, and we're not teaching a conservative agenda. These are all small problems, but the bigger one for me, is we don't teach our kids how to think, how to reason, how to investigate. You know, it's so much easier today to educate yourself. Now, I'm not that old. I'm in my early 30s. But when I, when I was a kid, I couldn't educate myself. You had to go to a library or you had to have the encyclopedias. And it was hard looking up an encyclopedia. You have a book that's like three inches thick. And you're trying to find out what some word means or try and find, you know, what who said what. It wasn't easy. Today, education is very simple. Go to your keyboard, go into google.com and say, Who shot JFK? Who went to the moon? What year did the moon landing happen? Who was Benedict Arnold? Who was George Washington? And go, now obviously you're not going to get all reliable sites. But you just have a question, you go educate yourself. And then read up on it, uh, and learn and be collective and reason. And investigate and go, that doesn't seem quite right, is that true? So we need to educate people. But we don't need to educate them to our point of view. We need to educate them on how to think Because I have full confidence in the message of freedom. Because here's the simple truth. Everyone believes in freedom. Even if you boil down communism. And Karl Marx. And the Communist Manifesto. They talk about freedom all the time. Go read it if you don't believe me. They talk about freedom from the bourgeoisie. From the capitalists. They talk about freedom. They just have a very different version of freedom than we do but even they know the message and the power of freedom and what it can do that's why they use this so we need to have confidence in our message and teach people how to think how to investigate and then have the confidence in our message knowing that if we teach them right and how to think and how to investigate and the morals and the principles they'll come to our side because freedom is the greatest message the other part that's important is we need to empower our society the deficit we have in society is people this is true the utopian statist telling you you can't do it you didn't build that but also again I hate to sound like a broken record look at your history who were the most important people in your revolution maybe not the most important people but in my opinion they were what was critical to your revolution your pulpits do you think the ideas of freedom, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness came just the founding fathers were sitting around going yeah that sounds good, put that in there I like that no do you think your constitution was just poll tested and just came out of thin air A lot of that comes directly from the Bible. It came from your pulpits. Your pulpits have gone quiet today. In fact, to be brutally honest, and I know some people will say, well, my church is good. Fantastic. You should count your blessings if your church is good. But a lot of churches I know are like politicians, they stand for nothing. They don't preach about empowering God. Or bringing your relationship closer to God. They talk about empowering themselves. We need to change that. But it's we need to change it. The other thing we need to do. Is we need to prove. We don't need government. Look how many people are dependent on some type of welfare. And I'm not talking about food stamps. I'm talking about any type of people who work who get a tax refund talking about farmers getting subsidies look at all the businesses you know all these new technologies getting some type of government grant grants government assistance of some description how can we ever say truly we believe in freedom and the free market when so many of us who talk about being conservative still live off some type of government The other thing we need to do is we need to drive home the values that are principles. You can can fight and debate over which principles you want to take a stand on. But what we need to do is draw a line in the sand and say these are the principles we stand for and never cross them. These are the principles which are never up for debate. What are yours? And openly ask the question. What, is, what are principles do you have. That are never up for debate. And find common ground. Because the way I see the world. We're, we, are in the ma- we are in the majority. We're not utopian status. But we're not anarchist either. Everything else is up for debate. We need to stop converting people. And start conversing with them. And we need to start understanding. That we are the solution. We can change the world. We also need to stop looking. For the next Ronald Reagan. The next Abraham Lincoln. The next George Washington. These men are giants of history. We need to read their history, understand this, and I'm inspired by it, but I don't want to find the next Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was so 1980. Why should we look backwards all the time? Let's be inspired by those great men, but let's look to the future, and let's find the next great leader. Because here's the thing, if we keep looking for the next George Washington, we might miss out on Abraham Lincoln. We might miss out on Martin Luther King. Because they're not George Washington. We need to look to the future, not backwards. Yes, be inspired by history. Because I can't say how much I'm inspired by your history. And it upsets me when I... One of the things I get upset about most is when people just come to me privately and go, America's over, John. The end times are coming. Because I have many Christians who believe the end times are here. And I find that upsetting. Because firstly. I'm here to testify to many people's existence. I'm here to testify to my God. Because I truly believe the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. There is no limit to his power. And even the most complex human problem. Is like child play to him to fix. He can do it by snapping his fingers. It's that simple. If you don't have that confidence in God. And you're a Christian. I feel sorry for you. I don't judge you. But I want to change you. In that I want to inspire you. To say this is what's possible. But I also understand. That while we pray to God. And we need his inspiration. On a daily basis. We also must work. We must be part of the change. I want to leave you today with an analogy I use for faith-based reasons. But it's applicable on so many levels. And it's very simple. Imagine yourself at a pond. Imagine yourself throwing a rock into that pond. What happens? You throw that rock. It goes through the air. And it breaks the pain of water. And it creates a ripple. But it continues on with its journey. My challenge to you today is to be that ripple. You can change the world. It might be a very small thing you do. It might be something simple. Like going over to your neighbor and say, How you doing? And actually meaning it or smiling at someone or giving someone a lift or buying someone groceries create a ripple be a force for good but the truth is today is no one wants to be that stone no one wants to create that ripple because they don't think they can create a ripple they don't think it will do any good or because our culture has become so corrupt that if we did create that ripple, we would stop and take a selfie of it. We would be online social media creating a hashtag. Or we'd be stopping looking for a thank you. And saying, hey, look how great I am. I did this. Be the ripple. Because guess what happens? When you are that stone and you create that ripple. Continue on with your journey. Because the ripple effect that you have. Will be felt by the people behind you. And then they might throw a stone. And create another ripple. And if enough people do that. Then all of a sudden. You have a huge effect on society. It truly is the little things that will change. I want to leave you with one of my Another one of my favorite sayings. Perfection. Isn't doing one thing great. It's doing lots of things. Very good. And your country. Has done lots of little things. Very good. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. As I say tweet me at Freedom Disciple. If you think I'm wrong. Or if you have a problem with some of the stuff I've said. I will see you next week. God bless you. God bless your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and most importantly, in my eyes, your vets. Thank you so much for everything you do, and God bless America.
0: Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network.